Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Friday night. Um, I don't know if I'm proud of that or what. I just, you know, just giving you context for 
I think I'm pretty cool stuff, right? Um, I don't want to ride in the church van. Because church vans are smelly, and they're hot, and everybody piles in them and it gets musky, okay? Uh, and, and so I didn't want to ride in the church van. I wanted to drive in my car, because I have a license, and I have a car. So those are two ingredients that seem like, you know, what makes sense, right? I should be allowed to drive, right? I, I'm, I'm grown now, right? <laughs> At least I thought I was. And so... So I, I devised a scheme. I had some friends that were kind of influencing that. And I, hey, let's, let's go. Let's drive. Let's go around the church. Like, All right, let's do it. Let's do it. My youth pastor asked me, are you sure that's okay? Did your mom approve? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's cool, man. It's cool. No, no problem. So that night we go. We go to volleyball. Everything was cool. Nothing happened. Now on the drive home, there was kind of, there was a crazy driver that we encountered. And, and it was kind of scary for my mom. Like, seriously, why would that, you know? But we made it home safely. Nothing. Nothing happened. Weeks go by, weeks go by. Now, y'all know how mamas are, right? Mamas always know. Never fails. No one has to tell them anything. Mamas always know. I came home, I think it was a youth event, something, something church. We were always in church all the time. Every time the doors were open, we were at church. So, uh, so it was something with church. And we come home, and there's mama in the chair. And she had that look. Y'all know the look that mama did, right? She had that look, and I'm like, what do I do? Like,
live your best life. The, the life that God has for you. The life that God wants for you. It's not, it's not, a, it's not about rules and, and, and even religion for that matter. It's, it's about following God's plan for our life. When we compromise, we settle for mediocrity. We, we settle to live for ourselves and, and in our own strength. We, we, we put God aside because we think we've got it okay. If I were in a fight and I'm boxing and my, my coach is in the corner yelling, you know, slip the jab, slip the jab. And I'm like, forget this. I'm going for the home run. I'm going for the uppercut. And, and here I go. And I'm exposed now, right? And that joker slips in a, 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 a jab on my chin. I'm, I'm done, right? Compromise is going to take us out of the fight. Man, I, I don't know about you. I, I don't want to live a mediocre life. I, I don't know how you feel today. I, I, I want to live according to God's plan for my life. I, I want to I do this thing right. And, and, and here's the deal. God offers us so much. I don't know what you read in your Bible, but I read that God loves me, that he has a plan for my life, that he offers me favor, and he offers me blessings. My Bible says that he is my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. My Bible says that he's my healer. He is my redeemer. He is everything that I could ever need or want in my life. So I don't, I don't know how you feel about that today. But when I compromise, when you compromise, when we give in to a moment, we are giving all that up. That's too much at stake. That's our lives at, at stake. That, that's eternity at stake. That, that's our, our family and, and our friends and our loved ones. There's so much at stake. In fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, after everything that had happened, and we're going to get to that here in just a moment. After everything that had happened, the prophet Nathan comes up with a word from God and says, David, you, you've done a crazy thing. Why do you test God? Why, why have you given up and forfeited everything that he has done? He says, he goes through the list of everything that he done. Then Nathan said to David, you are, you are, you're this man. This is what the Lord of God of Israel says. I anointed you king. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arm. I gave you all of Israel and Judah. And if all of this had been too little, I still would have given you more. Why do you despise the word of the Lord? Everything that God had given up and was willing to give in a moment of compromise. David gives all that up. There's much, much at stake. Much stick. Me, for, for me in my life, I don't, I don't know what God has brought me through. Once I finally understood that I needed to just give up and just quit running, I needed to quit fighting God. So many times we are fighting God instead of fighting the enemy and fighting all the things that we're going through. We're fighting God. We're fighting the wrong battles half the time. Once I realized, I, I just gotta, I gotta give up. Because remember last week we talked about surrender actually brings victory.
your parents, and they did the same thing to their parents, and it's been going on forever. We do the same thing with God as his children. Think about that for, for a moment. When we seek our own way, we never get what we want, and we pay a high price for it. When we compromise, we let our guard down. And when we let our guard down, we're going to get hit. We're going to get hit. Compromise will count you out. Number two, compromise starts with comfort. Compromise allows comfort to creep into your life. Compromise, or excuse me, comfort allows compromise to creep in, in, into your life. Look at 2 Samuel 11. I ask you to underline it. Where was David supposed to be? It was a time when kings were away in battle. David wasn't where he was supposed to be. Anybody ever find yourself in that place before? You weren't where you were supposed to be? But when I was in high school, I, I didn't live far from Mike Sandstone Park. There was basketball courts there. Sometimes we would go down there and play, play basketball. And, uh, there was one night, again, I was driving and, and, and had a license, so I didn't have to rely on a ride. I just wanted to go play basketball. My mom was like, yeah, it's getting kind of late. There, there's some sketchy people that go out there sometimes. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I'm like, no, what's the big deal? I just, just want to go play basketball with my friends. What's the big deal? So, so she let me go. And we get out there, we're playing, and, and again, you know, there are some sketchy people that, that were out there, and, and this, this guy, he put all his, his stuff out on one of the posts, there's some posts lined up there for parking, and, and, and he put his wallet, his keys, and, and he had a pager, y'all remember pagers, right? So he had a pager, he had all this stuff set up there, and, and, and one of the guys that I went to high school with, we weren't friends, but he was just there, unbeknownst to anybody else, he snatched this man's pager, he stole it. And the guy comes over to check it, you know, trying to see if his girl called him or whatever it might be. Or I don't know what he was checking on. But he's checking it, right? And he's like, yo, who took my stuff? And I'm pretty sure he wasn't a teenager. I'm pretty sure he was an adult. And, and uh, he was kind of scary looking from what I recollect. And, and uh, he's checking all of us. He's like, who took it? He, we're, we're like, bro, I ain't got you, man. They took my pockets out. I'm like, man, I ain't got nothing to do. I'm, I'm, you're fighting with me. And of course, no one wants to snitch, right? Because snitches get stitches, so no, no one wants to snitch. We're not, we're not calling him out. That's his own business. That's between him and, and this. So, so nothing ever happened. But that could have gotten really bad, right? That could have ended really bad. Sometimes we find ourselves in the wrong place, in the wrong time where we're not supposed to be. And David finds himself in this moment. He had sent everyone away to go off and fight when he was supposed to be out there fighting with them. So... By himself. No one was around. He had sent everyone away. And the Bible says he was taking a nap. He was sleeping, so he was being late. So, so all these things, this is just a recipe for compromise. This is a recipe for, for disaster here in, in this moment. He's bored, he ain't got nothing to do. Okay? It's Friday, ain't got no job. Anybody remember that? Probably we shouldn't remember that, but um, so, so he, he's bored, he's finding himself by himself. No one's around, no one's looking. Right? And gives up from a nap. This man should be out fighting with, with the army. And he wakes up from his nap and he goes out. Now, some people would suggest that David knew what was happening that time of day when he went out on that rooftop and was kind of looking around. He comes upon this woman, this baby. And I don't, you know, I know we're all godly men in here, um, you know, but given the situation, <laughs> uh, 
God had told him to do. David's reputation was not in idleness. It wasn't being a manager from his lush throne with his kingly crown on his head, right? <laughs> he wasn't a, his, his reputation was being a leader of his army out on the battlefield fighting with his men, right? That was his reputation. It wasn't in idleness. There's something to be said about idleness. I, I love this man that was at my old church. He was an older Puerto Rican gentleman. And he had moved from, from New York uh, to the area and um, started going to our church. And he just really plugged in. Just an awesome, awesome guy. Retired. So he was always looking for something to do. His name was Rafael Santiago. What a name, right? But he went by Ralph. I never understood that. Like, I wish my name was Rafael. Like, that's a cool, that's a cool name.
into desire, then he gives into desire a little bit more, and now his desire is dictating his action, where God used to be the one dictating his action. God gives in, or David gives in in this moment of curiosity, gives into desire. This feels good in this moment. I want this some more. So he has Bathsheba's husband sent out to the front line in the most dangerous place, knowing that he will die in that moment. Now he didn't he didn't kill him himself, but he had him killed. So that he could take this woman as his wife. And I'm sure he justified every step of the way. Well, I got her pregnant, so I, you know, I need to be the father of this child. And, and here's the thing: Uriah was a good guy. He was, a good, he was an honorable man. David even tried to have him come off the battlefield and have him go home to be with his wife. But he said, no, how can I do that? I should be out in the battlefield fighting with, with my men. And so the man sleeps out on the front porch. David gets him drunk, and he still goes out and sleeps out on the front porch. So this is a good guy. He didn't, not that he would deserve it anyway, but he didn't deserve it. But David allowed compromise to create a pattern in his life, also that he could get his way. There's something wrong with your character if opportunity controls your loyalty. If opportunity controls your loyalty. I, I got pulled over years ago. I was uh, I was working at the pregnancy care center uh, downtown, and I was on my way to work. I had the windows down. It was a beautiful day. I had the tunes cranked up, and I was just letting the wind blow through my hair, right? <laughs> cruising down the road, and, and, and I should have known better, because there's cops always at this particular place. It's, it's, it's 92 going towards the courthouse, coming into to the downtown area. They, now there's all, all this construction going on, but there used to be cops sitting there, and that particular day, there were two motorcycle cops and a squad car sitting there. And like I said, I'm just going along, not paying attention, just driving, enjoying the day, going to work. Windows are down, and I, and I look over, and, and I see the lights flash. And I look at my speedometer. I was speeding a little bit. So, and so, so I look over. I don't have my seatbelt on. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to put this on real quick. And he comes up behind me. So work was right around the corner. So I, I pulled in to my parking space. It was a, a motorcycle cop. He pulled in behind me. He comes up to the window. He's like, he's like good, uh, good day, sir. How, how you doing? Doing good. He's like, oh. you didn't have your seatbelt on back there. So it wasn't even a speeding thing. So I'm like, he said, you didn't have your seatbelt on back there. And I'm like, like you're right, officer. I, I didn't have my seatbelt on. He's like, I'll be back in just a minute. I took my license and all that fun stuff, right? He comes back and he's like, listen, I appreciate your honesty. Honesty is going to take you a long way in life. So I'm going to give you a warning. But just so you know, that's like a $100,000 ticket. So uh, click it, right? <laughs> uh, I'm like, yes, sir. I appreciate that. And I went on about my day. Um, not to toot my own horn, toot toot, but... Uh, that could have been an easy moment where I said, no, bro, you didn't catch me. Like, I had, had my seatbelt on. And, and we do that with God sometimes, don't we? God, you don't understand. Like, seriously, that's like the dumbest thing that we could ever say. God, you don't, you don't understand. What I'm, you don't understand my life. You know? And we try to reason with God. We try to justify the things that we do and we go through. Adam and Eve did that. They messed up. They felt shame. 
so easily into my life. Listen, no, no one's going to notice if I cheat on my time card. I, I'm late a lot. Y'all lucky we don't have a time card for church. Some of y'all are late. Thank you. 
eventually held accountable. And in that accountability, he had to be honest and own up to his mistakes. We see that he repents. The Bible says that he repents and, and makes things right with God. In Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 50, there's this whole lament that he gives to the Lord. But it doesn't go without consequences. 2 Samuel 12, 11, out of your house, God says, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. So many of us might feel like, right, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to cut it off, and I'm going to give it to God, but, but there, there still may be consequences. I don't want that, I, I mention that because I don't want that to trip you up and think God's not in that and God's not moving and God hasn't rescued you from your moment. But there, there are some things that, that there still may be consequences of, of our lives. Uh, for instance, um, years ago, we had someone come to community service at, at my own church. He had gotten in trouble with the law, but he was trying to make things right. He was getting his life back together, his family back together, uh, got saved, and, and he's going to church, and he's involved in men's Bible study, discipleship, all that kind of stuff. But he decides to do community service, okay? And there's still some things that are lingering as far as what the law requires for him. And it's easy to get stuck in that moment, like, man, why, why do I have to go through all this? And I thought God was supposed to, to rescue him when he... He does. He will rescue you. He'll forgive you or repent and help you make things better. But, but there still may be some things that we have to work through. It's hard. But David is held accountable. He was honest. He owned up to mistake. And he repented. David had to come to a place to make the right choices. Accountability, honesty, repentance, all those things are choices, but so is compromise. Choice that we make. So when we face compromise, you got to ask yourself some good questions, okay? Uh, worship team, you guys can come on up. Uh, when we face compromise, you got to ask yourself some really good questions, okay? First and foremost, is it worth it? <clears throat> is it worth everything that God has given to me? Is it worth everything that Jesus went through on the cross? Is it worth my family? Is it worth my career? Is it worth my integrity? Is it worth my legacy? Is it worth it to give in to this one little moment? A question I have for you is, don't you want to win? Don't you want to be in the fight for your life? Do, do you like living in, in some of that stuff? Don't, don't you want to win? Because the opportunity is there for you to win. Don't you want to be everything that God created you to be? Don't you want to be everything that he wants you to be or that you can be? Listen, I know the fight is tough sometimes. I know the struggle with, with things. We're, we're all in the same boat. We've all faced different things in our life. I know it's tough, but it's in those moments of vulnerability that it's easy to give in. It's easy to give in. It's easy to quit. It's easy to say, I'm just never going to get out of this. I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to become what I need. It's easy to say those things and give in in that moment. It's easy to quit, but instead of giving in and giving up to compromise, let's give in and give up to Jesus. Instead of giving up and giving in to the sin and the temptation, let's give up and give in. To Jesus. Again, so many times we're fighting the wrong fight. We're fighting God. And we're fighting up against His plan and His will for our lives. Let's, let's get in the fight, y'all. So we had to learn last week that the path to victory is actually through surrender. In a fight, you have to have grit and guts. You have to have grit and guts. Have the grits, grit and guts to say, man, this just isn't worth it. It just isn't worth it. It's not worth it. To compromise. It's not worth it to give in. It's not worth it. My purpose is greater. My why is greater. There's too much at stake. My life and my destiny, eternity are all at stake. My family is at stake. My relationship with God is at stake. And when your focus is right, you 
can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When it focuses on the God that you serve, when it focuses on the one that fights your battles, it's motivation to get in there and swing away. So how do you bounce back? Maybe some of you have made a mistake. You guys can start playing. How, how, how do you bounce back from a mistake? How do you bounce back from a moment of giving in? Because when you give in, compromise oftentimes brings a one-two punch of guilt chain. It's easy to say, oh gosh, I messed up. Is that guilt? I don't know if I can ever make this right. You feel like you can't go to God because how can I pray to a holy God when I'm living in there's the shame. And it's in those things that we oftentimes get stuck in. We get stuck in the guilt. We get stuck in the shame. We feel like, I just can't get out of this pattern. And I'll start with compromise. But, but I'm here to tell, tell you, you can get out of that. I'm here to help you and encourage you to, to let you know that you can get out of this. You might feel like you're not worthy of redemption and forgiveness. You, you, you feel like you don't want to admit anything because of the shame. But you need to shake out of that. You need to shake out of that. You need to, 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 to get your thoughts back. Because when you get hit, you get rattled. You need to shake that up and shake it off and get focused back on the right thing. We're all sinners in this room. No one, there's no such thing as perfect people in a perfect church. We are all sinners in need of the Savior. So if you think what you've gone through, what you're going through right now is going to be embarrassing, here's the deal. The next person next to you is going through some stuff too. We have all sinned and fall short of the Lord God. So you don't feel like you have to be stuck in that, like someone is going to judge you. And if you do judge someone, you're wrong, and you need to come down here and pray about that. You don't feel like someone's going to judge you because your sin is different from theirs. We've all gone through stuff. We've gone all through issues. You are not alone. We've all messed up. Actually, here's the deal. We will celebrate you coming out of that stuff. We will celebrate you surrendering to Christ. We will celebrate you if you give up an addiction. We will celebrate you if you give up what you compromise for. We will shout in this room if you come into a moment of surrender to Christ. We're not alone. None of us are worthy, but God in His goodness and in His loving kindness loves us too much to let us go down and stay there. He will make a way for you. He'll make a way for you. He'll lead you through. But you have to make the choice to give up to Him. Surrender is the path to victory. Won't you stand up with me this morning? Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.